0: Two-Headed Game Master. I'm Cosmo, the first head.
1: And I'm Dane, the cute and fuzzy head.
0: <laughs> Two-Headed Game Master is a podcast about writing, designing, running, and playing role-playing games. We discuss our favorite hobby, share our thoughts with you, and even play some games sometimes.
1: Dane, what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about animal companions, right? So That's it. Some games have very specific rules about yeah. animal companions, and uh, and we don't give a shit. Yeah, If you're interested in that, go
0: read some game systems. Go read the DMG or whatever, because, uh, yeah, we don't give a toot about, like, how the book actually says to do them, because it's always a problem, so whatever. Yeah. We're going to get into it.
1: They always take some finesse, you yeah. know? It's always a thing. It's like, well... I want this specific animal and they're like, that's the GM's like, well, that's not on the list. That's not like stuff to do. I guess that's what you want. Then I'll make it work.
0: There are also folks on the internet who have hacked various game systems to implement their own, whatever they think better rules for this. So like, if that's what you're after, go do that. Um, were, but we're we're talking about animal
1: companions in a more broad and I guess Well we get into some detail. Yeah, but we're we're talking We don't about, talk about any games this time. No, it? and
0: we're we're talking about the concepts of and how they how they get used conceptually rather than mechanically. So wh- how are we gonna how are we gonna well, Seinfeld voice? Uh-huh. What's the deal with animal companions? That was good, you did it. I didn't think you were gonna do it and I wasn't gonna do it. <laughs> Since you didn't want to hear it, but uh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Or it could be like even a Ray Romano. He does the same type of thing, and he's got a funnier voice. I can't do it. I yeah. can't. Well, I can't do a Seinfeld either. Yeah. But like, I don't even know where to begin with a Ray. Without Ray Romano, uh, whatever. Me, fast me neither, really. Fast and fast. I right. hardly ever watch so that show. We're so
1: gonna we're gonna, gonna talk about what's the deal with them. Animal companions.
0: Then we're gonna talk about. A lot of the issues that come up, the common issues that come up with, if you're going to have this, what are you going to need to think of? We're also going to address the issues as they come up, because as we said, this is not uh, like an in-depth analysis of how a game system implements animal companions. This is just quick and dirty, how we would do them, because we probably want you to have them, but we're not interested in reading a bunch of shit about how to do it the way someone else thinks is right. Then we're gonna do our RPG, RPG, philosophy recap. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna recap uh, an older episode where we talked about some broad philosophy on the hobby, and bring it back to animal companions.
1: Yeah, I mean we're not gonna go far that far back. We talk about this all the time. We're gonna yeah. con- we're gonna connect our role playing game philosophy with animal companions. With the thing we're talking about today. Alright, Seinfeld, what's the deal?
0: What's the deal? Well, you ever notice how how players love to have pets and like familiars and animal companions and stuff? (laughs) Have you ever noticed that? In RPG games? No, I have noticed. (laughs) Um... It's a common thing. That's the deal with it. A lot of people think it would be cool. And there's there's some examples from fiction sometimes players latch onto, Or players just like in real life, they have pets and they like that. And they think, cool, a magical pet. Or, uh, you know, not even necessarily a magical anything. Just like, cool to have a dog with you on an mm-hmm. adventure. More... Um, more... Examples from fiction of that, of like cool dogs being sidekicks or even the heroes of stories and players often think of stuff like that. And they're like, could I have this? It would be cool if my character did this. If you're new to pen and paper role playing, you still might have already experienced it. But don't worry, it's not going to take very long before someone at your table is like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if I had a like a pet hawk or whatever? Something like that's going to happen. It happens all the time. They're also tricky, though.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, they can range from, oh, I have a pet dog that follows me around and doesn't really do anything, to I have a pet bear who attacks with me and yeah. fights all of my battles. Right. So, animal companions have a wide range. They're not just, you know, uh, a familiar or, uh, you know, a cutesy little mm-hmm. um, know, But they could aesthetic. also be that, too, within yeah, 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 yeah. the range. They but could they're be not like one or the other. They could be a purely magical they can thing. They be anything. Yeah. Right?
0: And we're talking, I guess, we're talking very all- all-encompassingly. We're including, like, a tattoo of a bug that can turn into a real bug and be your spy. But we're also including, like, just a pet dog. Right, or, which
1: is why they can be tricky. Because yeah. whatever game system you you have probably doesn't... Account for literally everything because pets can be literally everything because people are fucking weird mm. and sometimes a little creepy. Yeah, with with their with their critters, with their critters and fetishes and whatever. No judgment, <laughs> but just saying, like your book's probably not going to cover it, so it gets a little tricky. You're going to have to. You know, figure out some of the difficulties um, that are presented when your players are like, "Hey, I want to have a bug tattoo that turns into a real bug." Mm-hmm. And then you got to look at the rules. <sighs> Sorry, I don't know. I what can't that find means. the chapter on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't find the chapter on that. And but 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 here's the deal: you don't want to say no to your care to, to your player characters. Sometimes you do, and sometimes it's well, important to. sometimes you know,
1: they just can't have that as a pet right, right. we've we've, we've
0: pushed back against the idea that like you know, a good GM should never say no, you should say no all the time, but you should always lead that back into what is actually appropriate. But you don't like to stifle during character creation because
1: because pets can play an important part of backstory and character development, too. So like maybe player is a big old asshole, and then they find a little dog that just like. You know, wants to be loved, and then it's like, "Who rescued who?" Right? Mm-hmm. You know, you get into that situation. I think there was also supposed to be a "whom" in that sentence, but I said "who" twice. Who rescued? Whom? Become ungovernable. Mm-hmm.
0: Fuck grammar. Whom has been ungovernable since it entered the English <laughs> language because it's just out there doing whatever, and nobody knows what the fuck to do with it. And you can't put it in jail; it keeps getting out. <laughs>
1: All right, so let's move on to some common issues, issues. with animal companions and some tips yeah. on how to handle them. So these are
0: going to come in that order. We're going to talk about an issue, then we're going to give you the tip. This is kind of our advice for the issue, and we're going to keep moving through it in that way because you know we don't have a rule set we're working off of.
1: And we're, we're just, not making something for you to take home. You should be taking your own notes. That's also true. We,
0: um like, you want a good one of those? Watch, I would say, watch Dale Kingsmill's video on earning familiars and getting animal companions, stuff like that. Because she wrote a whole supplementary system for D&D for that. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of content that she creates. We're just like, mm-hmm. Maybe think about it this way, or maybe oh, think and less. she already did you know? it, so like, yeah, you know, there's no reason to retread my ground. We and could, she's also not the only one. There's plenty. Yeah,
1: we could, you know, talk with her about it. You know, we'd love to be <laughs> on the show, Dale. If you're listening to this, thanks. Um, anyways, yeah. So all right, let's let's talk about this first real, issue. A real common issue, real easy one, is uh, like a pet is or a companion is mm-hmm. essentially an extra character which means they have their own turn sometimes. Yeah.
0: Or, you know, if they don't turn as part of the player's turn, whatever, it it affects the action economy during combat. It affects turn length. It can affect, you know, how long a character, a player is playing their character when they're kind of sitting there playing two characters. And, you know, those, those are some difficulties.
1: I wouldn't say Yes, yeah, I'd right. just say
0: some considerations an issue to, yeah. to
1: think about like uh, it, it does make it a little harder um, especially like so if like everybody wants an animal companion right cause like contagion oh so and so gets a wolf pup to take care of yeah. or where's my fucking eagle right so if you're not careful all of a sudden you got like a whole zoo worth of animals mhm Uh, And then nothing ever gets done because, well, my animal does this and this and yada, yada, yada. So to avoid that, Uh, overcomplification. Yes. Good words. Good words. Uh, We suggest animal companions have the bare minimum stats that they need. Yeah. Right? Like, if it's a pet that isn't really going to do anything, don't give it fucking stats, because then it can't do anything. Just say, like, sure, you have a dog. And then, if it needs
0: whatever, like, a fucking perception modifier or hit points, Mm -hmm. give those then when you need them. Just, like, don't even fucking bother. Give it the bare minimum that it needs for for your players to move forward into playing... Mm. and just like, yeah, sure, you, yeah, you've yeah you got a hawk. Or right? whatever.
1: Like, I got a hawk for hunting that's going to help me with my foraging rolls? Well, shit. I mean, I wouldn't give the hawk any stats. I'd just say plus three to foraging or yeah. whatever, right? Whatever it's balance. Like, yeah, you have a hack. Ad- have. Advantage
0: on foraging.
1: Yeah, advantage on foraging. That's a better, probably more just, balanced universal one. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then like, oh, well, can my uh, hawk attack somebody if I order it to? Uh, well then if you want to deal with that then then make a damage stat. Yeah. It does this much damage. and Oh, how much health does it have? Uh, I don't know, it's a hawk so it can take one arrow. Yeah, it has <laughs> a hit point.
0: But that's, yeah, so that's generally our advice. It's going to complicate gameplay. It's going to complicate turns and stuff if they're running around in the combat order. Mm-hmm. And it can complicate... You know, travel or survival worlds or whatever. So with that in mind, knowing that having them in your game is going to just like add a little bit of, you know, complexity to everything they're involved in. Don't make them complex. Make them as simple as you possibly can. Mechanics
1: wise. Make it easy to remember what it does, not not uh or just try to avoid the moment where you're like oh well I want to use my my animal companion okay what's it do and the player's like well I kind of forgot um okay what's its stats well I kind of forgot but yeah. I like know like, you like, did I write it or... down
0: some you know a lot of players won't especially if it's like something written in the monster manual they'd be like well I don't need to I'll just like bookmark that page but then it's not even bookmarked and yeah so just simplify as much as you possibly can with it still you know doing what it's supposed to do in the game
1: yeah so you got an animal companion you got some basic stats for it um we talked about it being essentially just like another character you know an extra character it fits into it like the turn order and initiative somewhere right um but it's not always it doesn't always have to be cut and dry the the player gets to play two characters um, I think the relationship of the animal companion is really important mm-hmm. to decide who controls it because um, plenty of games I think have room for talking sentient like animals yeah that can team up and be an animal companion of a of a party or a single player um, but they can also maintain their agency like you know I don't know talking bear Like, yeah, I'll hang out with you guys, I'll roll with you guys, but like, you know, don't tell me what to do. (laughs) But don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Right? Don't ride me like some circus animal. Mm -hmm. I'm here to do a job that just so happens to be the same job you're on.
0: Right. And in that sense, though, then it becomes, you know, kind of more of an NPC and the game master is running it. And hey, congratulations, you've kind of solved a problem there. Because Mm -hmm. if you're in charge of running it, then, you know, you don't have to worry about your players, you know, going nuts trying to manage that in addition to their own, you know, turns and spells and whatever. Um, there's another version of this, though, where, like, the, the animal, say it's just, uh, you know, it's a pup, it's a dog, and the dog does help in a fight. My recommendation, because I've I've done sort of a mix of like, you know, player gives orders or like, you know, the player kind of... Is in control. Yeah, is, is... Commands their pet and then the pet does. But then sometimes, you know, as a game master, maybe you take control of certain situations. I would kind of advise against that. I would just pick one or the other. If it's pet who can, like an attack dog, then it's just... Part of the player's turn.
1: Really? I. I mean. I think having a pet or an animal companion. Right. Mm. Because I think pet has that con- connotation. That, yeah. Or at least the way we've been talking about it in this episode. Seems like pets are the type of animal companions that don't do anything. So. Okay. Have, yeah. I guess an there is some com- semantic. If difference you have an, an animal companion, things. I think it's a great way to as a game master to kind of give a little extra exposition so like you know i wouldn't say oh choose to take control of it or to leave it alone i think there are times when you can leave it alone and let the player deal with it, and like maybe in combat, you just like let the player give it orders. I guess and follow it out. So I but think like that's in a the good scene, advice. Yeah, in a cut scene, Like because then a control. dog can like sniff something out, mm-hmm. and you
0: can use it as a storytelling device. But I think certainly in combat, just like make it part of the player's turn. Yeah, like that. The dog it gets a movement and an action, and the action is probably bite, and just. You know refer back to the first thing we talked about simplify as much as possible and like yeah in a fight you get your sword you can move you can hit stuff and also your dog can move and bite stuff your turn is both of those things don't make a meal of it you just still run your turn you know don't agonize and and spend a ton of time over how your dog would behave. Right. Like,
1: you know, it's it's like a little bonus action, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, oh, yeah, my dog can move and do an action. But, like, you know, as a player, you should probably keep it pretty simple where it's, like, uh, they can move and attack or, like, distract or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then, like, you know, that's it. Like, let's not, oh, well, like... My dog hates the color blue, so it's going to attack. Who's the bluest? Who's yeah. wearing the Which most blue? Which one's blues? the bluest?
0: And now combat is not moving forward. Yeah. You should, you know, as a player, you should endeavor to simplify that. Mm-hmm. And as a game master, you should endeavor to remind your players, like, hey, this is happening quick. Yeah. So you attack a guy. What does your dog do? Um, uh, I think he attacks with me. He bites the guy's ankles while I'm mm-hmm. sword fighting him. Great. Great. Have your rules for that. Reasonable. And then next turn, you'll be like, all right. Guy's got a dog on his ankles. He's not going to defend so well. Maybe disadvantage, whatever. You can play with that how you want. But, like, encourage that part to go quickly because it is, you know, it's it's no fun for that to become the whole thing. Yeah. Like, how is my dog going to behave in this situation? And
1: also the action should be you know, reasonable for that animal, right? Like a dog probably isn't going to go do some very, like, I don't know, dexterous pickpocketing. Mm-hmm. Like, they might be able to pick something up off the ground or snatch somebody something from somebody's belt, but, like, they're not going to be able to, like, open a chest or, like, lockpick anything. Mm-hmm. You know, unless... Yeah, okay. You're, you got me. There could be extenuating circumstances. Magic dog. It's smart. It's a cursed dog. I don't know. Sure. Cursed dog. Right. But, like, that just... That's... That uh, that would be reasonable for that animal if it was like a cursed dog with like opposable thumbs. I don't know, right? Yeah. But just, just keep it reasonable. It should be short and sweet. You know, like, oh, it moves and attacks. Yeah. Right, Or it moves and does a simple action. Like, they're not going... I don't know. I don't think animal companions should be masterminds, you know, master tacticians... Right. It just doesn't make sense. And I mean that generally it doesn't make sense. Right. Like there is, is some context. You know,
0: whatever context or, or uh, exceptions to that are like actually it works mm-hmm. this way in my thing. That's fine. Um, okay. So with these last two things we got in, a little in the weeds and we like it is a complicated idea which is why we're talking about it. But I think we can simplify by going back to this issue. This issue of uh, like, specific limitations and nature of the bond, that's probably, like, the first thing that you should hash out. And there's a ton of difference between, like, a magically linked familiar and just a dog. And you gotta make sure your players know which is which. first of all what they're asking for. And then, yeah, which is which, and what's the difference? And they're like, oh, can I send my hawk ahead to scout?
1: Well, It's a hunting hawk that hunts, so, like, it's not going to come back and be like, yeah, I saw three people up there behind that tree.
0: I think, like, in that situation, I wouldn't even allow for the possibility of, like, let me, can I animal handling super good if I nat 20 my animal handling? Can I, like, you know, read his body language and know if there's, like, an ambush ahead? I'd just be like, no, because that's not information he's he doesn't communicate that way and he doesn't pay attention to stuff like that. He just like catches your rabbit in the morning. Hmm. If that's how you set him up. Now, if you set him up different with like a mind link or, you know, you have speak with animals, but even if you have speak with animals, an animal only understands things to a certain degree and can only communicate, you know, ideas within its frame of reference. So clear limitations and a clearly, uh, stated nature of the bond between the animal and the player character that's mm-hmm. super important to have because it makes all the other stuff that we were waffling about like yeah, it could like go this
1: way the the actions of the you know what's, what's within reason of this animal well you know you need the limitations first like what's your bond like yeah you know can you give them orders like pick up this specific thing right um, and
0: you know some dogs can do that really well But also, a lot of trained animals that do stuff like that, they can really only do, like, that one thing really well. Mm -hmm. Dog who can, like, open the drawer and bring you a beer out of the fridge or whatever. That dog can probably do that really well. And if you tell him to do something else, he won't get it. Yeah. And he'll maybe just repeat that task. Or he'll just sit there and do nothing. So, stating stuff like that clearly from the outset, set clear expectations to your players with... Mm -hmm. The nature of the bond and the limitations of whatever kind of creature this is. That
1: also makes it easier if you like if you just get it all out in the open and be like, okay, so like you killed a, a giant raging beast it and it all it turns out it was you know a, a parrot and you know there's some cute little animals that are gonna turn into you know something later. Mm-hmm. Do you want this as just like a cute little pet because it's fuzzy? Or, like, are you going to use this as, you know, a combat advantage later? Because if it's just a pet, that's a lot easier. Like, yeah, sure, it grows, it loves you, and it's fine. And then, like, maybe when it's an adult, it leaves, but, like, we're not there yet. So, like, right now, it's just good fun. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you get to cuddle it. You get to, like, you know, it pops up in conversation occasionally. But, like, for combat, it might as well not be there. Yeah. Because, like, it's just in your fucking backpack. And I'm not going to deal with it. Right. Right. But if it's like, oh. Then it's just
0: a storytelling device. And that's kind of the right. best version yeah. of an animal companion, I think. Is... And then you
1: don't have to think about it. Yeah. Right. But like, oh, I wanted to grow into like a war beast. Well, then you, you know, then you're like, okay, great. Glad you told me that because now I know exactly what stats I need to come up with. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about like, you know, uh, balancing shit. I'm thinking about like, oh, you know, when it's this stage how well can you control it am i gonna add a sort of like you know bond mechanic where it's like mm-hmm. oh you know you're allowed to do these things until you reach this threshold and then you're allowed to write it, it or whatever right mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of considerations um to be made depending on what your characters want it's very important to get those out in the open right away like before yeah you know, you've accidentally set precedent for something you didn't want to.
0: Because, mm-hmm. you know, we've said this a couple of times. If you do it one way,
1: you might have to do it that way Players for the will, rest of the time. They might expect you to do it again. Right. There's a good chance they forgot, but... They could forget,
0: but if they remember,
1: they're going to expect consistently. It's usually the... Th- the shitty things that you're like, man, I can't believe I did that because like that is so yeah. overpowering. And then they're gonna be like, wait, remember how much this cost? But- so,
0: <laughs> like on a on a yeah. reasonable like economic scale, this should only cost this much. And then
1: you're boned, and yeah. then you gotta be like, well, you know what?
0: Actually, the fucking it, prices I feel went up. different yeah. today. <laughs> so suck it. But that's you know that's a way as a game master you want to avoid is just like I feel this way about it. You want to you know you want to deliver some consistency.
1: Yeah. Um, because well, consistency can you know keep it uh, moving, you know forward, and it keeps it simple. So if you set a simple you know stat system, it's like you got your animal companion has three stats, right? You can build on that but like you're never backtracking because like those things are so basic, right? Or it's just I guess easier to to create a balance, right? If you keep it simple, mm-hmm. you can always make it more complex. Um but it's very hard especially, you know, if you have one of those players who writes things down and whatever. It's very hard to uncomplicate things. Yeah. It's much easier to build on it, make it yeah. more complicated build as on it goes a simple on.
0: foundation. Mm-hmm. All right? With with that consideration kind of in mind, we can move on to
1: well, yeah, balancing is what you yeah, know, I'm, you know, talking about yeah, you're so, like you know, into keep it. it simple, and if it's balanced, great, and then you can kind of play with it, yeah, you know, then you can like add some complexity to it. It's like okay, well, you're bonded so much with your hawk that it can do now, it can now do this extra thing, mm-hmm. right, and then all of a sudden, okay, that's a little, that's like touching the border of being too good, and we're going to cut it off there. Mm -hmm. Right? But, like, if you start with, it can do, you know, this and this and this and this, and then it's like, wait a second, this hawk is way too fucking good, it's hard to take all that shit away. Right. right?
0: You can also um, just, like, you can always tweak encounters, especially combat stuff, on the fly. Combat is a Is a great place to start. This isn't limited to combat encounters, but, you know, specifically in a fight, say the, you know, earlier example of, you know, uh, a warrior and he has a dog who fights with him. That's cool. But say they've got this move kind of down where the dog consistently, you know, will like ankle bite a guy and that makes it real easy for the, for the fighter to take him out. Okay. Don't change anything about it like there's no reason to walk that back because you've got a simple thing that is working mm-hmm. just like throw a couple more you know skeletons at them next time like oh it's working but shit he's got mm-hmm. another skeleton behind him Yeah. you know don't don't worry about how you've set up the mechanics at that point because if something like that is happening you're like oh it's overbalancing my encounters just you know just throw an extra bad guy in there or something rather than Worry about how you've set up the yeah the use of the animal. And I
1: mean, I would even say like just do it next time because like oh I forgot that they had they had this animal or, right. You know maybe I forgot they had a fucking like uh, I don't know little fish in their pocket that they like keep, carry around. And so like I had planned this whole like underwater part that was gonna be like super challenging, but like fuck I forgot they had this magic fish that they just like dropped in the lake and boom. Problem solved. And it's like, that was supposed to be a whole forty minute thing and like ah well then just be like, Yeah, okay. Well, you got me there. Yep. All right, good job, everybody. Yeah, easy fix. I totally didn't have this whole complicated thing happening. Uh yes, use that fish. That's why I gave it to you. Yeah. Um and then next time, all right, well maybe I put a predator in the water.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, it's not safe. For your fish. Like, would you put would you put your little fish in a pond to scout it out if you knew it was full of
1: piranhas? I totally wouldn't tell them that. I'd totally just let that little fish get eaten and then be like, yeah, that's what I fucking thought. <laughs> Try to use that fucking fish again. Get punished. No, JK, JK. That's, that's something else. That's something else you should talk but about. But it
0: really happened. When you're talking about limitations and nature of the bond um, is like... You know, are you okay with your? Is it like Darkest Dungeon? You know, where everything dies and the monsters will, you know, totally like attack your dog and rip it to shreds and then kill you, or you know, whatever your players are comfortable with. That's that's, that's true. Part you of should you should get that
1: on the. I mean, I think the general, or at least my um, assumption, would be that if the animal companion takes part in combat, uh, then it's fair game to be attacked. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. But if the animal companion isn't necessarily in combat, like, it's just like, oh, I got a like a little baby fur seal pup in my backpack. Mm-hmm. Probably isn't targeted, probably forgotten about in combat. Um, but, of course, you know, ask, ask the players, like, oh, if this is going to be a war beast that you train up, yeah. maybe it dies early because, like, the player was a bad animal trainer. companion yeah. trainer and was like, yeah, go get that skeleton and the skeleton bonks it. Mm-hmm. Right. But then they're like, what the fuck? It wasn't even full grown yet. Nah. Mm-hmm. So
0: talk it, and talk maybe it Maybe animals can't die. Maybe animals go to zero hit points and need to be revived, you know, like uh, video game rules type of stuff.
1: But, sure. Look at you. Um, whatever.
0: <laughs> anyway... Again, this is what we're talking about. This is the whole, you know, meat and potatoes of this episode. Animal companions present challenges to Mm -hmm. gameplay, to game mastering, to to all of it. So,
1: right. So if if um, to sum up this point, right? Counterbalancing, uh, if like your if the animal companion makes a certain situation like completely easy. Well, then just make a different situation or, you know, throw some more challenge into it. Mm -hmm. Don't really need to agonize about like, oh, did I make the animal too fast? Right? Like, if speed's one of its attributes, it should be one of like the three attributes and then like just, yeah, okay, so it's really fast. And you've
0: made it that way and you're like, okay, so my party is good at this stuff. mm -hmm. Like, you know, just understand your party's capability level, I guess, and mm-hmm. just add more stuff and more interesting stuff. It's not just in counterbalancing is not just adding a few more skeletons to make it, you know, mm-hmm. an interesting fight. It is, you know,
1: stuff like you were saying. And it's not bad if it is easy. Like yeah. I mean, okay, great. You guys are crushing it. My players are crushing it. If a fight's easy, but everyone gets to like
0: take a few turns where they move and attack and like do some stuff mm-hmm. and then it ends without, you know, a ton of danger or like coming down to the wire that like that's fine because you know sometimes that's Mm -hmm. not what it's about sometimes it's just a you know sometimes it's just part of the flavor on their journey to whatever the Mm -hmm. next thing
1: is and And if you really wanted it to come down to the wire well now you know better for next time
0: yeah and you can more deliberately make a you know more lethal
1: encounter Mm mm-hmm so with all that in mind, we talked, we talked a lot about it, right? You know, fitting it into the action economy, uh, balancing the stats, uh, the limitations of it, um, it all kind of comes down, you know, with those things in mind is like fitting it into the world, right? You know, there's a lot of, we talked a lot about this, um, already, but to say it explicitly. How does it fit in the world, right? Like, what is the bond? Is it a big wild beast that, Mm -hmm. like, they met in the forest and, like, just, like, jived? Well, can that big wild beast go into town with them? Right.
0: If, like, is that a reasonable thing? First of all, ask that. Like, is it a reasonable thing for my, you know, hippie woodland guy with a bear friend? Uh, You know, maybe he's one of them skin changers mm-hmm. from a song of ice and fire. Maybe there is like some magic where like he wouldn't be super ill behaved in town, but with the town, let him come in. And if it is a world where that is allowed like, yeah, your bear can come into town with you. We He goes in the stables. Bears cost a lot to feed a lot more than just like mm-hmm. a pet dog, a lot more than even, you know, the player character. So, you know, they're like considerations for that should be made in this like character creation companion creation process Mm. so that players have reasonable expectations and you know what to challenge them with. Like, do they have to feed their animals in town? That's Mm. a, that's a money cost thing. Then when they're adventuring, they need to consider like, how are we going to make enough money to keep our pets fed as well as us? That how stuff fits into the world needs more consideration than just like oh wouldn't it be cool if i had a you know a leopard mm-hmm. who was like my sidekick right
1: cuz like you know where where is that leopard going to stay where how is he going to get fed are you just going to feed it people food like you know are you going to need a supply of fresh meat um you know there's there's a lot of nuances to having a pet and like especially like a big animal like you know a lot of people don't realize how expensive a fucking horse is Mm -hmm. and like yeah sure we're in the modern day and like you know they're a novelty and there's not enough space like i couldn't keep a horse at my house for sure uh and then like you know in the role-playing world it's all Mm -hmm. usually uh well the population is usually uh not even talked about and like you know cities are like yeah everybody's got a horse and we bring yeah, the horses around oh, like, you know
0: tie them tie up at the stables whatever but you know still big animals eat a lot mm-hmm. and you know a bear you can't just feed a bear raw grain it would eat it but you know
1: probably wouldn't be healthy for it long yeah. term
0: bears need other stuff to and like eat. or a leopard maybe, needs raw meat raw meat is usually like mm-hmm. the most expensive good meat fresh meat that's you know peasants need a lot of that mostly grains so you know where are you going to get that for your animals Mm -hmm. considerations
1: and maybe you don't want to fuck with that at all um and then you know i would say consider moving or changing the the like limitations and nature of the bond and like it's a magical animal so like you know it pops out of the talisman Mm -hmm. when you call it And then it goes back in there and like exists in non space for a while. Yeah. Till
0: and then that, but that makes it very valuable and you have to consider balancing at that point. Like that's a really powerful little spell Mm -hmm. essentially that you've given your players.
1: Just all things worth considering. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not as easy as just being like, Oh, you want a thing? Then have a thing. Um, and, I mean, I guess it could be for your game if you want to do it that way. Then yeah, that's, maybe that's your game is okay. loosey-goosey as hell, and none of this matters. But but nerding out about it is fun, and so we we talked about, like, the things we consider when we make Animal Companions. Yeah. Um, or when we have to run Animal Companions, because our players are like, Daddy horny, give me furry. <laughs> that's never happened before. That's
0: that's never happened. I'm waiting but for it. it. It could someday. <laughs> and if it did, you know, we'd have to roll with it. Um anyway. So that's a let's, lot of the combinations. Yeah, is.
1: let's let's sum up um by talking about how our RPG philosophy mm. hits with uh, animal companions, right? So if you didn't catch the through lines, we talked a lot about the RPG time, like that everybody's agreed to meet and like there's a set time, you know, it's split between All the players and the GM, the more one player gets to go, the less other people get to go. It's finite. It doesn't just, you are You're
0: limited to the three, four hours, whatever that, like, you've carved out of your schedule for game time. So, if you're allowing a player to have an animal companion, you want to think about how is this not going to give them, you know, an extra slice of pie. Mm -hmm. And leave the rest of the players with less
1: because right? you want you want everybody to have equal time, or not necessarily. Uh, well, I guess yeah, equal time, equal chance. Equal I chance. guess you know, because some equitable episodes are time, I guess, more uh, about
0: others. Whatever. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, an equitable split. Right. So it doesn't have to be exactly one for one, um, but like if somebody is monopolizing the table because of the animal companion then maybe there's some cuts that need to be made maybe you need to make it more simple
0: yeah um so with all that that philosophy specifically applied to animal companions let them control them and experience the fantasy they want to experience if you know controlling them is part of it or that they or if they do anything interesting mm-hmm. and if they're not if they're you know, just a pet, or just like a hunting hawk. Then you know, maybe you do all of it and just describe it. Use them as a storytelling device. Use them to aid your game mastering. And be like, oh, you know, your cat is acting funny. Mm. You know, everyone knows that's kind of like a fantasy fiction, any sort of fiction, kind of shorthand. When a cat acts funny, that's an early warning system right. in yeah. almost every fiction. But yeah, so. You know, one or the other. You can do a mix of both, but keep it simple and keep it consistent. And what do we have here? Obviously, oh. with considerations to, yeah. you know,
1: like... Make it make it fit in yeah. and not, uh, you know, be unreasonable, right? You know, everything that the, the animal should do should be reasonable and whatever reasonable means in your world, right? Like, you know, talking, they completely understand the player's language, Or you know the player characters, you know language and commands. Maybe that's completely reasonable for the uh, fantasy or sci-fi setting that you're playing in. Um, But maybe it's not. Maybe you're playing a more gritty real-world thing, and like you can't tell a dog that you just met to like go up the ladder, take your second left, and then pull the lever, right? Because what the dog is going to be is like rough food. Dog doesn't know that. Those
0: Mm. dog doesn't know those words. Dog has no frame of reference for what you're asking, even if you can speak dog, right? So, but
1: you know, again, maybe in that world, the dog would completely understand, or maybe it doesn't. Yeah, dog, but you, you get my point. A Narnia dog would understand, sure,
0: and that's a different thing. Yeah, but anyway, be consistent. If you allow it once, you'll probably have to allow it going forward when you rule on a new thing or you know mm-hmm. specifically like hey can animal do such and such think about whether you're comfortable being consistent with that ruling before you make it
1: mm-hmm. and if if it turns out that you you messed up it's no big deal don't really stress about it don't don't lose any sleep over it for sure it's supposed to be a fun thing right mm-hmm. always remember that um and so like if you the way you started running it is just not working it's always a problem then just consider changing it and being like listen i'm sorry that that's how we were doing it but like i gotta do it i gotta change it i gotta do it this way now mm-hmm. um and then work with your players or you know players work with your game masters uh to, to reach an understanding because you know at the end of the day it's supposed to be fun um, and don't like worry about, oh, this isn't actually in the rules. Yeah. So like it can't be done or it's done a different way. If it's fun, it's fun. Yeah.
0: I think, um, and we won't, we won't talk about this too long, but it's something that I think is a general truism. Not very many people come to this hobby, come to, you know, a pen and paper role playing group and sit down at your table and carve time out of their, you know, week, whatever, whatever to participate in this because they like agonizing over the rules and they like having, you know, a hyper-realistic simulation that they understand super well.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah. Not many people are like, well, so I did a bunch of research. And (laughs) And what I found out is... They pull out their fucking charts and books and be like, well, you know what this sentence means Mm -hmm. is actually different than how you... People And there are some people... There are
0: some people that do actually read rule books and there are some people that know rules... And systems better than other people just because of time or, you know, they bothered to care. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, nobody's in this to, like, you know, simulate reality as closely as possible. Mm -hmm. And even if, you know, one person kind of is, nobody else at your table cares. So
1: especially if it's player friendly, like if, you know, you're not using the exact rules to give the players more freedom or more enjoyment, they're probably not going to fucking call you on that. Yeah. They're probably not going to be like, well, chain me to the rules, please. Yeah.
0: And make me not be able to do this thing that I want. No. players, Nobody's going to fucking ask for that. Um. So, yeah, just apply this general philosophy to the running of animal companions. Don't fret the rules. Don't fret the small stuff. Keep it simple. We think it's pretty good advice. Um... And I
1: think that's also yeah. about all the advice
0: on yeah. this subject for today. All
1: right. So animal companions uh, encompass a lot of things. Yep. All uh, right. P- pets, familiars, uh, you know, bonded pairs or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Magical um,
0: tattoos or, or, or yes. figurines that come to mm-hmm. life.
1: Whatever. So essentially it's like an extra character. Right? Which means they're going to have to fit into the turn order. They're going to have their own actions that they can do. Mm-hmm. Probably going to need some stats. All things that you have to consider if you're going to run them. Which, you know, stats, keep them simple. Um, as simple as they can be and then add complexity later, right? Because you got to think about, like, who's going to control it? Is the player going to control it? Well, that's like an extra turn for the player. Mm-hmm. So, like, how is that going to be balanced? Yeah. Um, you know what are their limitations can they do everything the player can probably not because they're an animal companion they're you know an extra add on a bonus not a whole another you know player character yeah um
0: they're cause, supplementary
1: right because then that would just affect the whole encounter balancing you know like if they can do all the abilities a player can then mm. you're running a party with an uh, extra rather than running a party with you know a player that has an animal companion like a ranger who has like oh I got a pet wolf that like does some very limited things right right cause that and then well are you going to take the next one
0: uh, I got I got a little lost okay. in yeah. the recap well
1: recapping so like how does it fit in the world are they oh, you yeah, know yeah. a ranger with the ability to connect with animals? animals uh, did they like how know? are other people going to respond to it if mm-hmm. they see it can you yeah. bring
0: it into town how are you going to feed it what's the like infrastructure for taking care of this so like do you have to just leave it out in the woods where does it fit in
1: where does it fit in the world um and then we just talked about our general philosophy about Mm -hmm. you know role-playing game is time shared between players and game master try to get the players as much time as they can Mm -hmm. and as equal as you can doesn't mean every player gets the same amount of time but uh, you know, if one player is monopolizing because they have a really complicated pet that they're like spending two times as much, you know, play time as the other players, oh, then maybe uh, you need to you need to cut that down and like simplify that animal companion because yeah, not everybody is going to get that, and you know, people want to do their turn as it's well. It's not fair
0: to everybody else. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, think that about do it for this episode of Two Headed Game Master. Um, head on over to 2HGM.com where the first thing you'll see is a splash page taking you to DriveThruRPG where Afterlife lives.
1: Yep, Afterlife available on DriveThruRPG but also there's some other stuff uh, Mm -hmm. available on our website uh, for free. There's like some little um, bits and bobs like a dungeon creator and some other worksheets and like some you know, just some supplementary uh content for whatever your role-playing um stuff is and uh, of course if you want to support us there's patreon link Mm -hmm. uh come be a patron of us uh you get some bonuses you get some stuff
0: hang out on discord we do some live stuff sometimes
1: we do we do
0: um yeah join us for another episode next time Thank you to the Burning Saviors for the use of the song, Pond Hill is Finest. This is the intro and outro to our show. And we'll see you next time.
1: See you next time.